lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy, what is it, Wednesday? I think so. They're just they're they're just running together now. Yeah, I actually, it's breaking now. They're canceling days too. Yeah, uh, it's so just, that's cool. Yeah, I'm just okay. Happy Wednesday, happy day it is. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, and I don't know why. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. 888-933-93 is the number if you would like to join us. You can also try emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Or try liking us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample or share with others, uh, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. If you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV, now is about the best time to do so. It's the cheapest it's ever been right now. We've taken $30 off an annual subscription. It's going to run you about $5 and change now a month. Just use my name, Steve, as the promo code when you go to blazetv.com. And yes, Aaron, I left my phone on. Dang it. All Sorry. Good. All right. Blazetv.com. And you know, it's, I'm, I'm laughing because we were just as we were going on, Todd's phone was going off. And I was over here so judging you for that, for not having your phone off. And then, and then my phone just went off. So the universe has, has spoken. I have been smited, outed for my glaring hypocrisy. Just as I have foreseen. You knew it was coming. In fact, you were baiting me into this exposure. Anyway, blazetv.com, promo code Steve is how you can get $30 off your annual subscription right now. blazetv.com, promo code Steve. Well, we've got a lot to get to here today. Um, Next segment, we're going to share with you, and I don't mean this to sound like faint praise, okay? But it is the finest five minutes that has aired on American cable news in in I don't know how many years. I, I don't know. I don't know how many years. And we are going to share that with you and react to it. Uh, We will play Buy, Sell, or Hold next hour. And then, of course, we will have the weekly profit of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz joining us here at the end of the program. But before we get to all of that, you do not want to miss this. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a new boss in town. The head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases has had a long and winding road of a career. But Dr. Anthony Fauci has finally cemented his place as president of the United States yesterday afternoon. He, along with Vice President Deborah Burks, explained why America must stay closed for another 30 days. Models are as good as the assumptions you put into them. Dr. Fauci, should Americans be prepared for the likelihood that there will be 100,000 Americans who die from this virus? The answer is yes. We need as, as, as sobering a number as that is. Models are as good as the assumptions you put into them. This is tough. People are suffering. People are dying. It's inconvenient from a societal standpoint, from an economic standpoint, to go through this. Models are as good as the assumptions you put into them. And now the moments that brought our dear leader to where he is today. We'll start a few years ago with the Ebola epidemic, where he assured folks that social distancing and quarantining were not necessary and that it was a bad idea to close borders to stop the spread. A few years later, near the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, he praised President Trump for shutting the borders and has been beating the drumbeat for isolation and 
social distancing. On January 26th, he told a radio station in New York. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. On February 28th, he wrote for the New England Journal of Medicine, quote, if one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, end quote. On March 11th, he made these comments. I can't give you a realistic number until we put into the factor of how we respond. If we are complacent and don't do really aggressive containment and mitigation, the number could go way up and be involved in many, many millions. Probably brings the mortality rate down to somewhere around 1%, which means it is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. And on March 29th, he said this. Looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it's, it's, it's uh, excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're, we're going to have millions of cases. So hail to the chief we have chosen for the nation. Hail to the chief, we salute him one and all. Hail to the chief as we pledge our cooperation in proud fulfillment of a great and noble call. Stay indoors until you're told not to and be thankful that President Fauci and the rest of the experts know exactly what they're talking about. And that's what happened while we were away. This is the reality after yesterday. Donald Trump has has abdicated his presidency to these experts. And it's just one side of experts. These experts could be right. But, but wouldn't you like to know? Would you like to know, Todd? Oh, absolutely. Aaron, how about you? I mean, I mean you've got a wife on the front lines in a city hospital. Would you like to know if they're right? Yep. Yeah, I'd like to know who's you told me a minute ago is is on the same surgical mask for a week because they're out of them. Right. Yep. Even though they have one COVID-19 patient, but they're just being precautious and with mm-hmm. their resources. OK, so. Oxford. Stanford. Carnegie Mellon, you know, podunk jucos like that. These are serious places in academia major brand names whose austere, venerable reputations were cemented decades before most of you watching were ever born. In the case of an Oxford, centuries. They dispute these models. I don't know if they're right. But wouldn't you like to know? Wouldn't you like to know? I can think of a way to find out. Just call them all to the White House, put them on camera in a room, and let them vet one another. Folks, the last time we went with one-sided stories from experts that caused this country to commit an unprecedented preemptive action in its history, the result was arguably the worst foreign policy decision America has ever made and one of the worst any nation has ever made. The invasion of Iraq, where we spent well over a decade, untold billions and trillions, when you consider both what was spent in blood and treasure. And the end result we got was, was in the end, 
a proxy state for Iran, overrun by ISIS. That was the end result. Because we didn't find storehouses of WMDs in Iraq. That's why we went there. That's the last time we went half-cocked. We must act now. There can be no vetting. And I remember this situation well because I was one of those that said, you just have to trust the, the experts. You just have to trust Dick Cheney, Colin Powell. Just trust them. They're patriots. We invaded that country. Didn't find storehouses of WMDs. Killed a lot of Americans and, and Iraqis alike. Then we had years of sectarian bloodshed after Saddam was toppled. And in the end, we walked away with our tail between our legs and handed that country to Iran and ISIS. That's how it ended. Then there was the TARP. That was another time. That we just had to, we had to stop everything. We had to, we had to save the free market by suspending it. Remember those days. Could have a collapse of our global housing system if we didn't do this. I mean, if we, if we didn't bail Lehman Brothers out, you're going to have to give up your home. The pollster Scott Rasmussen once told me it was the most unpopular piece of legislation he's ever polled in his career. A friend of mine who was working as the chief of staff for a member of the U.S. Congress at that time was in one of those meetings where they were selling members of Congress that, that, that something must be done. And when they started asking contrarian questions, the economic experts in the room just essentially demagogued them and say, why do you just want to make all these people homeless? We got to do this now. Now, I've often said in my career, I don't want to be like the scientist who told Jarrell that he was wrong. We have heard what their models are. We heard what the Imperial College model was that has been <clears throat> revised. I have never presumed to know more. In fact, before we knew what an Imperial College study was, when we started asking questions on this show, correct me, gentlemen, but did I not warn our audience that we may not like the answers we get? Correct. We warned you of that from day one. Did we not warn the audience from day one that the real story could turn out to be this is much worse than we are being told? Did I not say that from day one as well? Correct. Yeah. So the, the point of asking questions is to find an answer, not, not to... to, to to beg the answer that you already want to be true or presume to be so. That's kind of what we're actually doing right now. But I, I don't think it's too much to ask that on the brink of a Great Depression here, that when folks with titles from places like Carnegie Mellon, Oxford, and Stanford we're 99.9999999999% of, of, of this world's population couldn't even get admitted. And then like a scant percentage of those who could get admitted to these schools could actually finish them with a degree. This, they're not the junior varsity, guys. 
Stanford is probably the most elite university in this country, not in the Ivy League. And maybe even better than some of them on some of this. Is it too much to ask? Given what we are being preemptively asked to accept and to sacrifice. Because you want me to take your panic seriously when you hand over $25 million of our money so that the Kennedy Center can still keep having its meaningless awards banquets and then, oh, by the way, lay a bunch of staff off. You want me to take your plague seriously while you're like, I can't believe you are comparing the death total of this to the flu. It's worse than the flu. And then your next tweet is, did you guys watch Tiger King last night? I'm trying to take your plague seriously, but frankly, I, I, I just don't take many of you seriously. So I'm going to need more than your word for it. Much more. Because there are other experts out there that have different models saying vastly different things. I linked to one on my Facebook page, the Daily Wire published yesterday, one of them involving Carnegie Mellon, pointing out something we have told you many other times on this show. Since we did not develop, and still have yet to, natural herd immunity to this virus, unless we are fortunate that this one, this SARS-2, burns out in the summertime like the first one did, do you know what's going to happen when we start coming back together again? When they give us the all clear, it is highly likely we're going to see another spike in cases. Because we didn't do what Taiwan did, and we didn't do what South Korea did, and we didn't do what Japan is doing right now. We just panicked and sent everybody home. We didn't do what Sweden did. Ironically, finally, me, the ugly American, is willing to look at examples of other nations for wisdom. <laughs> All right. The one who doesn't want to go to any of these places, just look them up on the internet because I don't want to go to their bathrooms and eat their food. All right. And smell their air because I'm the ugly American. Finally, when I am in a position now, all my career, I remember debating a guy in, Wich in Wichita about who is an Occupy Wall Streeter demanding the country becomes more like, that was his whole argument that during that debate that the country had to be more like Sweden. Ironically, I am now finally willing to follow their example. And now you suddenly tell me I, I shouldn't be paying attention to what they're doing. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. So what is wrong with, it seems as if this White House task force will not even entertain any models that are not the most draconian. Now, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has done some good work around the world. I won't deny that. They're also heavily into Malthusian ethics. Did you know that? They promote abortion as a way of ending poverty um, and, and, uh, and, and, and hunger all throughout uncivilized nations. They give millions of dollars every year to Planned Parenthood all over the world. Did you know that? So we're back to what we said about Imperial College when we found out about them and their climate alarmism. When does the expertise end and the worldview begin? If you notice we're asking all the same questions we asked at the beginning 15 days, we don't still have any answers. I get an email from a guy who's practically a part of this show, Constantinus Roditis, just yesterday. From a friend of his whose wife works in the ER, described it as Armageddon, hallways lining up. Hot, story from Boston today. What would you, what'd you say, 700 hospital workers laid off? 
Uh, 10% of their workforce or 10 something? 10% of the workforce, yeah. yes, whatever it was. The I think it was 700. 10, 10% of the hospital workforce in Boston laid off. Okay. That's the thing. Not only are your questions not getting answered, it's getting more and more bizarre what it's they're getting, telling us. Yes. We, you want me to trust the experts? I want you. I, I want you guys to know. And first of all, I, I would, if you don't already pray for this show, please pray more. I spent my whole ride here begging the Lord, show me what I don't understand, Father. What do I not get? Do not let me be irresponsible for this platform. Literally, I'm, I'm like praying in precatory prayers against myself. Take this platform away from me if I am deceiving people. Take it away. Because the more we're being told, the less this makes sense. You, Todd brought up an excellent point to me when we were talking today on the phone. Do you guys realize that about 40,000 people worldwide have died so far? Anthony Fauci wants us to believe, the President of the United States now, wants us to believe that the most prosperous nation in the world, the most technologically, medically advanced nation in the world. Better hygiene, better sanitation, That's right. all that, of it. Which is what that prosperity brings with it, yes. With, with all of those accoutrements, we are going to end up killing six times the amount of Americans that have died worldwide so far. Does that make logical sense to you? That that's even on the table? It doesn't to me. Now, I'm, I didn't, I'm not a mathematician. I didn't go to MIT. I am pretty good at debunking people's data. That's what I've been paid pretty well in the past to do. But I'm not an expert at acquiring the data, which is why I just have a humble suggestion. Could we at least give folks at Carnegie Mellon, Oxford, and Stanford a listen? over there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue before it's too late. I don't, that's not too much to ask. And please, I'm actually trying to save this presidency because can I give you a purely political analysis? I'm going to. What the president did yesterday with that press conference, I mean, you want a Tower of Babel moment? The president of the United States stands up and says 240,000 Americans may die. And like the first question is Jim Acosta standing up and saying, why are you giving people false hope? He's literally now, the president is now indulging in the panic porn that has been channels like CNN this entire month. And their first question is to still treat him as if he's the village idiot. If, if that's not American media in a nutshell... He literally gets up and repeats all of their talking points. And their first question is, well, why are you peddling false hope? There wasn't any hope there. I don't know if you, if you got any hope out of that yesterday. You got a vastly different definition of hope than I do. I'm going to have to get the Babel program and relearn English because I didn't get any hope out of that yesterday. So let's talk about this politically. What the president did yesterday is he cornered himself, in my opinion. He now cannot win politically. Meanwhile, President Fauci, the real president, he can't lose. President Fauci can't lose. See, if, if, if we hit these tragic numbers, he's the prophet. And if we don't, 
He's Moses. He's the deliverer. He, he saved us from these. He scared us straight. And we flattened the curve because of him. The president will then try to take some credit because that's just the way that he's wired, like it or not. He will look really selfish and imprudent to a lot of Americans doing so. Why are you making this all about you? Why are you tweeting on June 18th at 3 a.m.? I saved 2 million Americans. Well, I mean, can you only imagine every... <laughs> we know this is going to happen, right? We know that it is. Let's not, let's not lie. Please, now, at the end of all things, let us not lie to each other. I, 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 I at least deserve that much, don't you think? Don't, let's not lie to each other. Let's, let's now, at the end, let's be adults. We know this is going to happen, don't we? The don't, we, don't we, Todd? Don't we know that he's going to do this? Sure. Yeah, and because we know he's going to do that in reaction to the media making President Fauci the hero, right? Yes. He's not going to appreciate that, which would then be used against him for making it all about him, and he never really cared about the American people, even though he shut the border to China down 40 days before CDC or the W. I'm sorry, before the WHO declared this a pandemic. He'll get no credit for that. None. He'll get none. And then they'll turn on him when he tries to take credit for it at the same time. Meanwhile, there'll be ticker tape parades for Anthony Fauci. He warned or saved America. And then the Great Depression that we caused, Dr. Fauci won't be responsible for that. Nor will he be responsible for cleaning that up. But guess who will? Suddenly, Everybody that wants Anthony Fauci to be president now, oh, they're going to all be eager to make Donald, Pre Donald Trump president then. I can promise you that. Every day, how did he let this happen? Every day, by doing exactly what they asked him to do. They baited him into shutting the country down? He did. They baited him into not opening it back up? He did. They baited him into buying into all the doomsday models, and he did. He did everything they asked him to do. And they will turn on him. Just like George H.W. Bush did everything they asked him to do when he violated his read my lips, no new taxes pledge. And he gave in to the Democrats and he gave them their deficit reduction, largest tax increase ever that didn't reduce any deficits. But they then all, it did cause a recession. And they did all turn on him and blame him for that recession that they baited him into causing in the first place. They did do that. And that's going to happen here. Mark my words. He'll be, suddenly, they'll be anxious to give him his power back that you elected him to have. They'll be anxious to acknowledge that you did make him the duly elected president of the United States when it's time to now deal with the Great Depression. They'll, they'll, oh, believe me, they will be anxious to give him all the responsibility they don't want him to have right now. They'll hand it to him then. Because it will also come with all of the blame. This is a Kobayashi Maru scenario. So how do you beat the Kobayashi Maru? Well, only one instant in the history of Starfleet ever beat the Kobayashi Maru. And what did he do? Well, this ought to be right up Donald Trump's alley. He cheated it. He cheated it. He broke into Starfleet headquarters the night before and reprogrammed the simulation so that there could be a way to beat it. And then was given a medal for original thinking. Now, if that's not as Donald Trump as it gets, I don't know what is. So all my friends at the White House that I'm texting and emailing, asking you, 
Show me where I'm wrong. Members of Congress, I know. Tell me where I'm wrong. And the only answer I get back is either no answer or trust the experts. Well, which ones? There's other experts that don't agree with this. Why don't we listen to it? Should we at least give them a hearing before we risk socioeconomic ruination? Is that too much to ask? Yes, clearly it is. Clearly it is, but it should not be. We're not going anywhere for another 30 days. Can we spend one of them with the guys at Stanford, Oxford, and Carnegie Mellon over there at the White House just being interviewed by Burks and Fauci and vice versa, and we just find out what the best information is? Don't trust politicians, even the ones you like, blindly. Ever. 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 They're human, too. Let me stop there for a minute. Gentlemen, your thoughts. We're simultaneously being told, and this is what I talked about the other day. I can't remember if it was on the overtime or or on the main show. We're simultaneously being told um, that you couldn't possibly question the experts. You can't question the experts, but now let me tell you why you can't compare this to other things. All right, so now you're the expert, and now you're telling me what the difference between these two comparisons are. I I thought we were only supposed to trust the experts. And here's the bottom line of all of this, of all of this. For the pro-apocalypse crowd, for the uh, pro-pandemic end-of-the-world crowd, this is perfect for them because they cannot, you cannot possibly prove the contrary is true. You plebes, you plebeians uh, need to stay home. Uh, and when the death rates and the cases start to drop, we get a helmet sticker. See, you plebs are, are, uh, are doing it right. The social mm-hmm. distancing, all of the, all of the shutdowns, the socio- socioeconomic ruin. See, that worked. That worked. Uh, if the death rates and the cases continue to go up, you plebeians are not, you yokels are not social distancing satisfactorily. Shame on you. It's a perfect scenario. It's a perfect scenario for unquestioned obedience. The only, the only, uh, the only thing that we're supposed to do is just sit at home and just don't do anything. Don't question, don't question uh, the experts whatsoever. That we're not supposed to do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you. That's never going. And they might be right. They could be right. We don't know that yet. But the the again, I maintain and I've been saying this for weeks, the creepiest thing about all of this is just the unwillingness, not the lack of just the unwillingness to even entertain contrarian questions or thought. Yeah. You know, it's the iconoclasm of Ra's al Ghul and Batman, just the desire to to break the things is now into the water system, the groundwater system now, we are all increasingly uh, drunk on it now. It's, it's, it's our default. We default to fear instead of freedom. And so that great line that everybody goes to, I've said this before, but it's more perfect than ever before that movie. No speech probably than movie than you can think of rises to the level of Bravehearts. When people like, for one, we'll live. Well, yeah, run, you, uh, you, you might live and stay, you may die. 
But many years from now, when you're lying in your beds, would you give every day from this day to that to have one chance, just one chance to say, you will never take my life. You will, you could take my life, but you will never take my freedom. We, we don't, we, we hear that speech in reality of, that does nothing to me. That's insanity. We want, we want the reverse. It's exactly what Aaron got done to, uh, talking about. We are now minions now. The hypnotism of so much of the way we've lived, the, the default to experts of every kind, is now have us, has us droning on in a way that we will say, do, and believe anything while our country puff. Like another movie, just like in Endgame. We're just ashes. We're drifting away. Our lives are now forfeit. We believe nothing. And we believe everything at the same time. And can I add one more thing of course. as well? Yep. Let's, let's just, again, we're, we're questioning the experts, the models, all of this. Let's say, let's say this 100,000 to 240,000, 240,000 uh, scenario that they're, that they're touting now. Let's, let's say that's true. That still says nothing about our response to this. We are, we are being held captive right now. It mm-hmm. feels like by Buffalo Bill. It stays inside when it's told to. It does this whenever it's told. Uh, it takes depression on the chin or it gets shut down again. That's that's what w- this is akin to at this point. Somebody's actually doing some real journalism. We will share that example with you when we come back. It is shocking that your home can be stolen this easily. And Deborah learned that brutal lesson the hard way when thieves found her title to her home online. They then forged the document to appear as if she sold her home, but she had not. And then they borrowed thousands uh, against her home's equity, stuck her with the payments. She didn't even know about it until foreclosure notices started to arrive. She even got an eviction notice as well. Then had to spend a fortune. To get her home back. The crime is called home title fraud, and the FBI says it's one of the fastest growing crime sprees in the country. So if you want to avoid a possible nightmare, you need to check out our friends at hometitlelock.com because your homeowner's insurance, your bank doesn't protect you. All right. But for pennies a day, home title lock does, especially with what's going on right now. Most of the American people are not liquid. A lot of their personal uh, wealth is tied up in assets like their home and their equity. Make sure you protect that, okay? Uh, find out already if you are a victim of home title fraud. Uh, go to hometitlelock.com. Put your address in there to find out. And then while you're there, use my name, Steve, as a promo code to get one free month of protection. That's one free month of protection at hometitlelock.com. That's hometitlelock.com. This is what we're about to play for you about five minutes. And it's, it's probably the finest five minutes that's aired on an American cable news channel. And I can't tell you how many years now, given what goes on most nights on these channels, this might be faint praise, but this isn't, this is extraordinary. And it's, it's what journalism used to look like in this country. And it's the kind of journalism that we need right now more than ever. This is what what you're about to watch is why our founders ever gave us a First Amendment in the first place. And God bless Tucker Carlson on Fox News last night for using it 
at its maximum potential. And speaking of the Chinese government, on February 6th, scientists from the South China University of Technology uploaded a paper on the origins of coronavirus. Where did it come from? Well, this offers some clue. At the time, the official death toll in China from the coronavirus was 564. The paper made a number of notable observations and claims that are worth knowing about, and that's why we're telling you. We want to be clear that we're not endorsing any of these conclusions. We haven't independently confirmed them. We can't. But you should keep in mind as you hear this that these findings come from Chinese scientists who work for a university that is controlled by the Chinese government. So whatever else they are, the views you're about to hear are probably not racist anti-Chinese propaganda. Here's what the paper says. First, the scientists confirm what scientists around the world have said they believe. The virus most likely came from an animal known as the intermediate horseshoe bat. Here's the striking thing. There are no known colonies of this bat within 900 kilometers of Wuhan. Nor is there any evidence that they were sold in the Wuhan wet market, despite many claims in the American media to the contrary, including on this show, by the way. Last night, we did a segment on wet markets, the one in Wuhan included, and suggested that this bat was sold there. But let's be clear. The only actual analysis of that question that we're aware of is in this paper. These scientists interviewed almost 60 people, 59 of them, who frequented the Wuhan wet market. They confirmed there were no horseshoe bats for sale there, period. So that raises the question, where did the virus-carrying bats come from? And the paper says this, quote, We screened the area around the market and identified two laboratories conducting research on bat coronavirus. Within a few hundred yards of the wet market was something called the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to public reports, the center used intermediate horseshoe bats for research. Then about seven miles away was another facility. This one was called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Virology Institute also conducted research on intermediate horseshoe bats, the ones that were not sold at the wet market. South China University scientists concluded that the coronavirus pandemic, the one that people are dying from here, likely came from one of these two government labs in Wuhan. They noticed that a scientist at the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention had been exposed to the blood and urine of horseshoe bats. They also suggested that infected tissue samples from research animals may have wound up in the Wuhan wet market. And they ended the paper this way, quote, The killer coronavirus probably originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. Safety levels may need to be reinforced in high-risk biohazardous laboratories. Regulations may be taken to relocate these laboratories far away from city centers and other densely populated places. End quote. How's that for interesting? Now, this paper has been online for nearly two months, and so far it has been virtually ignored in this country. Almost nobody in American journalism has dared to write about it. The few who have were immediately attacked as dangerous conspiracy theorists. Instead of assessing what seemed like the rational conclusions presented in the Chinese paper, there was a spate of American news stories and academic research designed to show that the coronavirus absolutely could not have been engineered in a Chinese lab. They sounded supremely confident of that. But do they really know it? And the answer is no, they don't. As a factual matter, it is impossible for Western scientists to settle the question either way. So instead of doing that or admitting that, they amped up the rhetoric hoping that you wouldn't notice the difference. A post on the National Institutes of Health website, written by NIH Director Francis Collins himself, dismisses any such speculation as, quote, outrageous. Keep in mind, NIH is supposed to be keeping you safe from diseases like this one, not running political interference for hostile foreign governments. 
This is how they're spending their time as Americans die in the middle of a global pandemic. And still, no one addressed the substance of the claims. The South China University paper concludes that the virus probably escaped accidentally from a lab in Wuhan. It said not one word about bioweapons. Yet the NIH and USA Today and countless other outlets have devoted thousands of words to scolding you for thinking the virus may have been a form of biological warfare. Notice that's a totally different claim than the one made in the paper. And that's not accidental. One of the surest signs that people are lying to you is when they answer questions you didn't ask. And that's exactly what the professional class is doing with this story. And they're doing it on many fronts. They're lying to you. They're claiming to know things they don't know. They're dismissing the obvious as impossible. They're blaming you for their failures. And the media are helping them do it. The stakes are too high to let them continue this way. So no matter what, stay skeptical as you assess the world. Remain rational. Gather your own evidence and come to your own conclusions. You shouldn't have to do that. You ought to be able to trust the people in charge. But you can't. So at this point, you have no choice. For the last few weeks, I, I've never met Tucker Carlson. I don't know him at all. But you guys know. For the, and I've, I've, I've kind of mentioned it on the show. Uh, for the last few weeks, I've been trying to get people I know with far bigger platforms than me. Ask, can you help me ask these questions? Or you ask them instead. Because, I mean, you got larger platforms. You can get people to listen to you that I cannot. So to see a guy that right now might have, other than, say, a Rush Limbaugh, who, of course, has his own personal battle with cancer at the moment, or a Ben Shapiro, a Glenn Beck, that level of platform. Tucker Carlson probably has the biggest platform in conservative media. So for, for him to be out there, and the, the most important thing in my view is what he said about the skepticism. Do not just take these people's word for it. By the way, Dr. Anthony Fauci works at the National Institute of Health. That, that's where he's from. That we're just supposed to take his word for it on all of these models. And we can't have, I'm, I'm not asking to question Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't believe I'm qualified to. I didn't ask that last segment, did I? No. What did I ask? I asked, can the people at Carnegie Mellon can, and, and Stanford and Oxford, three colleges, man, I couldn't possibly have ever gotten into, nor lasted at, okay? Can, can we get, can, are, they, are they not qualified, do you think, to, to ask Anthony Fauci some questions? Because they they're asking are. them right now. I would, I would think they are. They're asking them. I'd at least like to know what they think. I, I don't know why you would not. And God bless Tucker Carlson for what he did there on Fox News last night. And here's another thing I told you from day one, too. I never bought the narrative of this and its origin. Didn't buy it at all. And I had no idea with the, with the migration pattern of the, of, of, you know, what was it? What kind of bat was it? I don't know. It's okay. a bat. Intermediate horseshoe yeah, bat. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the migration. I never even thought to look it up and study it, okay? I just, again, just common sense. China's in the middle of a trade war. Checkbox. Donald Trump punching back. Whether he could win the war or not, open for debate. But he was at least hitting them, and they weren't used to that. He was punching them back. That's one event, right? Yes. Next event, Hong Kong goes up in flames. The chief financial district of the Chinese regime. Goes, and, and, and one of the chief in all of the world goes up into flames with mass protests, people wanting their civil rights. And then the next third event is, guys, 
terrible thing, a virus out of a wet market, bat poop, which is literally the plot of the movie, Contagion. Please, world, have sympathy on us. I, I said that on this show, what was it? Like, the day that this story began, I didn't buy it. I don't buy that chain of events. I just don't. I just don't buy that. Communism is a lie, and communists lie. The, it, it's a demonic political ideology. It's, it's anti-God, and therefore demonic. It's from the pit of hell. It's based on the original lie of, the, of, of, of original sin. Ye can be like God. We can make utopia. Even if we have to kill a whole bunch of people that disagree with us to get there. It's demonic. I didn't buy it at all. And now, thanks to the legwork of one Tucker Carlson, we have some serious circumstantial evidence to question the official state-sponsored explanation of this. And props to Senator Ted Cruz for tweeting this out last, this morning as well. So even more people saw it. And one of the things you also saw Tucker, Tucker say there is the immediate pushback he got was uh, you're a conspiracy theorist and answering a question he didn't ask. What's the immediate? You hate, you hate old people. The new you hate old people is just trust the experts. I don't, again, the experts might be right. But which experts are right? Because there's other ones that have some pretty dang impressive credentials. Well, Steve, it sounds like you're, you're, you, you really want the other experts to be right. Well, I'll give you my own bias. Unlike, unlike most people in my line of work, I'll always tell you what my biases are. I do. And I won't apologize for not wanting a Great Depression. I won't apologize for that. And I, I won't apologize for not rooting for a quarter of a million Americans to die. I won't apologize for that either. But it doesn't mean it's not true either. Should we at least not find out? Should we not find out? They send you an intelligence briefing. It's, it, it's not on our satellites, but um, China's launched a nuclear warhead at the U.S., Mr. President. You need to respond. Should he just take their word for it? Before we launch a global thermonuclear war the world may never recover, recover from. Should we at least not verify it, do you think? Do we have any verification of this launch? Do we know? Why isn't it on our satellites? Well, Mr. President, you don't want to be the one that just stepped by and did nothing when China nuked uh, the, the eastern seaboard. I also don't want to be the president that um, uh, started um, uh, The Walking Dead and made it nonfiction. I, I don't want to be that president either. So can you give me some independent verification? That's essentially what's being asked right now. Act, 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 act. Act on what? Which data? The data that Dr. Anthony Fauci wrote on February 28th that this will be like the flu. The data that he said in January in a radio interview on one of my old radio affiliates in New York City. Nothing to worry about. The data that showed on March 16th that we were going to kill 2 million people and then that uh, survey was discredited. And now the new data. Which, which, you know what? I'll just, since you won't let me counter with, ex, with, with other experts, because apparently Oxford, Stanford, and Carnegie Mellon doesn't impress you over there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Can you then clarify for me which President Fauci expert opinion am I supposed to follow? Which one of those? Can I at least get clarification on that then? Since we can't ask, have other experts quest, dare question Mr. The, the potentate of America, Dr. Anthony Fauci. 
before we just go into a great depression where we won't even begin to understand the numbers of increased abortions of unwanted children, suicides, despairs, domestic violence incidents. Yeah, we're not even going to figure that one out. Okay. So if you won't let me at least have other experts to question him that have vastly different opinions on this and probably agree with him on things like global warming and 57 genders, that's the irony of this. Oxford's probably teaching 57 genders right now on virtual, virtual classrooms. And even they're like, eh, nah, I'm kind of buying it. Okay. Then can you tell me which doctor, which president Fauci then? Do we just blindly follow which one? Which one of his four iterations we've seen just since, just since Aaron's Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Which, which one of those four do we follow? Can I at least get an answer to that? Maybe. You won't. This is the hypnotism I'm talking about. Had, had the press not been what we told you it is, an enemy of the state, you, you, in this time, in this moment, you would have certainly been presented at least some of the things Steve is talking about publicly. But you aren't, and you won't, because they are who we thought they were. The information stream, there's a chokehold on it. You're only going to get the show on steroids now. There's no, there's no coming together. It's a civil war during the time of a contagion. Have fun with that. Yeah. And we have unfortunately already set the precedent with our reaction to this. It's, I, I think we've crossed the Rubicon now because the White House, as of this moment, I, I don't think even if he came back a week from now, and said, well, hey, things are not quite as bad. Let's re reopen the country. No, then they're calling they're, reckless they're and not believing the data. They'll call them yeah. reckless um, and or, uh, you know, the White House will say, well, we saved uh, a million lives, a million, two million lives, like you said before. So we've crossed the Rubicon that our actions already are OK. That they are repeatable. So let's just pretend <laughs> let's just pretend we have another uh, Krakatoa. Let's pretend that some, some um, I don't know, some massive volcanic eruption happens. What are we going to do then? Are we going to go to the experts? Are the experts going to say, well, this is going to cre increase, you know, the ash cloud is going to increase exponentially. We need to lock everybody down because the ash cloud, you know, that's going to happen. This ash cloud, this, this volcanic eruption is going to severely increase uh, climate change, the adverse impacts of climate change. we got to shut everything down right now. You know that is going to happen because of our reaction, because the powers that be who love taking advantage of your panic are going to seize on every opportunity to exploit it from here on out. We'll come back. We will turn the program over to you. Uh, and play a game of buy, sell, or hold as we lead off hour number two next year, live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, we're back here on Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. If you do listen to us via the podcast, by the way, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if you like how we how we roll around here, if we're your, your jam, first of all, I would probably question your taste, but hey, thankfully, you're not alone. 
if I don't do that to Aaron at least once an episode, it's like this show is not official. Doing what? I wasn't even paying attention. Uh, uh, annoyingly bang my microphone. He loves it. Oh yeah, no, especially <laughs> since I've got the nice big, <laughs> yeah, I know. big headphones here. I, I also really like it when you do this on the uh, on the table. That's really cool. You like too. that one too? Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, everything I do. Do it for I me. do it for you. You want a cough drop? That's one also. That's yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, anything else? I tried a little self-deprecation. You guys decided to pile on. Let's just get it all out of the way. Well, none of that stuff bugs me, honestly. The stuff that, the vibrating phone too, we get texts about that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I finally had to just, I I, I try to get my phone over here so I can stay up to date as much as possible. I'm getting so many messages right now. I finally just had to just sit it over there because I couldn't just stop it from going off. Aaron's like, well, why don't you put it on? Do not disturb. I'm like, well, I actually put it over here to disturb me so I could keep up to date with, you know, people I talk to around the country. And now I, it just got to be so, I had to set it around, set it over there. The thought was you could put it on do not disturb and then check it when, you know, Todd and I are talking or during breaks or whatever. So are you trying to tell me they got the internet on computers now? They they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because my VCR is still just blinking 12 o'clock at me. In my day. Yes. Yes. We could In go outside. In my day, you had to be kind to rewind. And we could go outside. Yes. <laughs> we talked to we people in person in my day. We our butt with toilet paper. That was fun. Did you see that? <laughs> I posted on Black Mirror Update today the meme. Uh, it was uh, Chris Farley. Remember when we could go places? Oh, nice. That was yeah. awesome. Yes, that was great. That was great. Hey, if you do like the show, though, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, because the more of those we get, uh, the more it helps the show to grow. And don't forget, now is the, there's never been a better time uh, to be a, a subscriber to Blaze TV. It's probably never been a more important time. You need more outlets and platforms like this that are willing to ask the skeptical questions given the stakes that we're currently playing for in our society right now. So blazetv.com, we made it cheaper than ever for you too. We took 30 dollars off an annual subscription of blaze tv that means it's like five dollars and i think it's like 80 cents is that right aaron like five dollars and 80 cents a month or something like that uh are you asking me to do math off the top of my head yes vastly overestimate my skills yes believe us trust the show questioning the data models that 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 doesn't know how to give you exact change but it's five dollars and 80 some odd cents a month is what it is what it costs right now to subscribe to blaze tv blaze tv.com use the promo code steve when you subscribe all right blaze tv.com promo code steve our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour but let's get to buy seller hold brought to you by riduzone if you need a reality check right now to get your health back in order you fell off the wagon and now you're thinking Given what's going on in the country, I, I think I better just uh, uh, I better I better get on that wagon before it runs me over. All right, so if that's you, let Riduzone help you because right now a lot of us are, are have got more downtime than we're used to having, <clears throat> and it's tough not to do all that grazing all day, right? Uh, and and uh, I, I think I talked the other day that our pastor at church on Sunday, uh, virtual church on Sunday, shared a graphic of little Debbie before coronavirus and then little Debbie after, right? I get that. 
okay? Uh, even if you're a workout guy like me, it's tough to simulate all that stuff in your basement that you can't get to your gym to get to. This is where Riduzone can be a big help. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster, burn stored fat, and reduce your calorie intake so you get those portion sizes and cravings under control. But you can only get Riduzone on its website. So if you want to give it a shot, go to R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E and use the promo code Steve to get up to 65% off plus free shipping. Up to 65% off plus free shipping at Riduzone.com. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, in deep consultation with the audience, will put forth for Todd and I a series of statements, predictions, um, theories, etc. Todd, you and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully we have at least one good reason why that may be the case. Once per episode, you are permitted to hold. Although, you know what? I, we're suspending all kinds of other liberties and freedoms right now. I think we're going to suspend the freedom and liberty to hold. That given what is at stake right now, you must take a stand. Are you okay with that? All yeah, in favor? absolutely. All right. So hold is not permitted right now. We have suspended the right to hold. Aaron. All right. We'll start with uh, Matthew Blackburn, who says, just an idea. NFL starts the uh, season on time, but with all teams playing in two remote locations, for sake of argument, uh, let's say they pl- play all their games in Laramie and Albuquerque. So do I have to take this whole cloth? Yeah, well, you can take what, what, what parts are you holding already? Out? Okay. No, because I, I don't I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Um. But I, I don't think it'll be those kinds of locations. I think it could be places where there is existing football fan community. Like I could see the Seattle Seahawks having to play in Boise, Idaho this year. Um, I, I, I could see, um, you know, the Giants or the Jets having to play a portion of their schedules away from the tri-state area and play in, um, uh, you know, a San Antonio, Texas or something instead. Like, I don't think they will go that remote because I don't think they will have to. I'd love to see that. Though. All right. But I, I, I think there will be some level of accommodations. So because I agree with the overall spirit of your post, I will buy, even if I don't necessarily agree with all the specifics of it. I will sell maybe for New York teams, but not for everybody. Right. Oh, yeah. He said for, for everybody, too. Yeah. Okay, but I, I like the spirit of what he said. But I agree with you. I don't agree. I don't agree with the specifics. Constantinos uh, Rodriguez says Sony will announce uh, in the next month they're moving up the release of uh, the PS5. Also, their first game to rele- be released will be Clue Epstein <laughs> Edition. <laughs> I'm gonna sell because of part two, but I, I could see part one. Here's what we don't know though: is is what what what's their manufacturing production schedule? In other words, what's, what's their inventory, right? So this was scheduled to come out right around uh, the Christmas shopping season sometime around Thanksgiving in November. So, I mean, do they have 100,000 units already made? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, um, but I could see that they would like to do something like that to take advantage, particularly all these stimulus checks people are getting. There's nothing to go stimulate, nowhere to go. Right. Probably an easier to sell for a lot of families to splurge 500 bucks on this than would than would typically be the case. You're not going to the movies park. You're not taking family vacations or stuff right now. Um, 
but I don't know what their inventory level is. So I'm, so you know what? Because of that unknown, I'm going to sell. But I don't think your idea is far-fetched in terms of them wanting to release it early. Uh, if they're smart, sell. This would be a poor, very poor public relations move right now. Just like right now, and another blue check did this today, how irresponsible you are if you go to church when that's a far more homogeneous setting than a, any grocery store is and where everybody's going out to grocery stores and to home depots and you're there you're, you are now a monster if you go to church if you if you do this and you flood the stores like the beaches and and, and people are rushing out there to get this it, it, it it's gonna look bad for you even if all you did was you know, make the product and put there out there for public consumption. Okay. I, I would not do this. Uh, here, here's, you know what? That's a good point. What if you just had this and it's exclusively available. You can only buy it. Amazon came to them and said, Hey, you know what? We want to be the exclusive outlet for a pre Christmas release special offer PlayStation five. All right. So you can, you get it through us as a, as a shipping outlet rather than, you know, go to the targets and Walmarts and stuff like that. What if they did it that way? Well, that's a lot better. Okay. But that's a good point that you made. I had not even considered. Yeah. All right. Michael Liotta says uh, Thomas Massey will not only win re-election, but put his name in the hat for 2020 along with Ron DeSantis. I'll I'll sell. I I, I, I don't know very much agree with the first part. The second part is just I, like you remember what I said about the instant you wanted to talk about presidential politics right after we got done with 2016. I no no. No, we got this and the most ridiculous uh, presidential election already coming down the pike. No, let's not even talk about it. I'll go with what you said. All right. But I, I do think the odds of him being reelected are very high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, International House of Bow says several years from now, we will view political science as pre-COVID-19 and post-COVID-19. Sorry. Um, sell. Tell me why you're going to sell. Because I, this is a culmination right now of who we were. It, 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 nothing. They are who they thought we were. Nothing's changed. It's all up to eleven now. Now, where things go from here, none of us can fully know. But in this moment, we are having a fulfillment, not a pivot, and so. It, it could Steve and I were talking uh, well Aaron was in here too but about a show that we will do at some point and it's about how a different president would have reacted to this mm -hmm. and we could have seen two diametrically mm -hmm. opposite on grand scale reactions if a certain Democrat was in charge right now you, you just you, you can't know how the lay of the land is going to be refashioned. It could be a total doubling down of everything we've been to for, or we could generally have some sort of political and or spiritual revival. To, to say we know does not fully... I mean, we, we can't believe in revival or bust and say we fully know the I agree political with, I agree landscape. I agree with every syllable what you just said, which is why I'm going to buy, okay? Because I, I think... I think um, I'm going to change it. I said every outcome the other day. I'm going to change it to almost because they're, uh, you know... Uh, the visitors arriving. I mean, there's, there, there's something you could ask me that I would say, uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. But I think almost every outcome of this is on the table. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
So because I think the I, I agree with you, I'm actually going to buy because I think it is plausible. It's not the one that I would choose would be likely, but I think I think a lot of outcomes are on the table right now of how this goes. All right, moving on. Andrew says Steve will be invited to speak at CPAC before Thomas Massey. <laughs> I've got to believe he's already been invited to speak there. I'd be shocked if he hadn't. Particularly when essentially the libertarian moment was kind of ruling CPAC, you know, in the couple of years uh, between the Tea Party and and the emergence of Trump. I, I got to believe he got standing ovations at a place like that. So I got to sell thinking that he's already he's already done that a bit. Uh, I will. I'll buy I, only because I think you the odds for you, even if infinitesimally so, have gone up because of the circumstances we're under. Okay. Eddie says, uh, shooting for the moon with this, Michigan will win the uh, college football national championship next year. Go blue. Sell. Sell. All right. Dad Bodman says, designer coronavirus masks will be developed and will be featured on the cover of a fashion magazine like Vogue or GQ. Bye. (laughs) I hate myself for this answer, but bye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the right answer. Yeah. John Endicott says top five. Finally. Top five journey songs. Uh, Number five, Wheel in the Sky. Number four, Faithfully. Uh, Number three, Stone in Love. Number two, Separate Ways. And number one, uh, Still They Ride. Wow. I'm going to saw the And then I saw the list. And then I saw. How is Wheel in the Sky not number one? I'm. It, it's it's can't be any lower than two, and if it's if it's um, any way you want it is one or two. Wheel in the sky is one or two. Now, I I'm going to take this one very seriously. The very the 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 very first CD I ever purchased when I made the switch from cassettes to CDs. All right, I went to Musicland at the Southridge Mall in Des Moines, Iowa. That was the one year I went to Lincoln High School here in town before we moved back to finish my high school career in Michigan. All right. And I went to the Music Land or Sam Goody's, whatever they used to have over there at Southridge Mall, and I bought Journey's Greatest Hits. It was the very first CD I ever bought. Now, don't ask me what the second one was. You really want to ask me what the second one was, don't you? What's the second one? Big Daddy Kane, It's a Big Daddy Thing. That was the other one. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Just so embarrassing. <laughs> Hey, pimping ain't easy, but it is necessary. All right. If you remember nothing else from today's show, please keep that in mind. Anyway, um, back to the journey list. Aaron, the homeschool kids, like, what's pimping? Um, <laughs> I, I've got to go. I'd put separate ways on there. Um, but to me, wheel in the sky in any way you want it are one and two. Lights has to be on the list. Okay. So that's mm. got to be in the top five. Don't Stop Believing's not on the and top had, five. Don't, and Don't Stop Believing has to be on the list. I, I was getting there. All right. I had to violate CDC code by rubbing my eye. All right. So any way you want it, wheel in the sky, Don't Stop Believing, that's three. Uh, Separate Ways is four. And Lights is, I think Lights is a better song than Faithfully. Those would be the five. Yeah, I sold. You're selling that list. All right. Uh, Petty Officer America says Muslims will be allowed to attend their mosques while Christians and Jews will be denied from congregating in churches and synagogues in New York City. Bye. Uh, Bye. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I hate myself for and that answer too. And it will be too. defended by conservative blue checks everywhere. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Lori Jeffries says, "I'm not sure who, but someone other than Joe Biden will be the nominee going into the next presidential election." Bye. I I'm firmly with Steve on all options on the table, but that's why I'm buying. Yeah. I, I think I, I think it's plausible. I do. And I'm gonna sell that it's just gotten this pathetic. And they're going to just wheel them out there and dump them out there. And we're going to go full weekend at Bernie's. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch the brother of one of the alleged substitutionary candidacies is going to broadcast from his home positive for SARS-2 coronavirus. I, I think that's. It's going to be interesting. And I'll just say that. Yep. Um, S-M-G-E-S-I-N-S-K-I, uh, don't know how to say that, says church attendance will po- will drop post-virus and affect the church's bottom line. Bye. Already seeing this. Yep, yeah, yeah, and here's why I say this. It's the first time that we have not seen Americans flock to churches in response to a tragedy or a calamity or an existential crisis in the history of this country. Because it's illegal. Yeah, and we have conditioned them now that they don't have to go. Well, Steve, they'll just get up and watch it from home. I don't believe they'll do that, actually. Okay? Um, I don't. I don't. I think you're far more likely uh, to stay disciplined with the workout regimen if you have to leave and go someplace else to do it, I believe. Then if you just, hey, my Bowflex is down in the in the basement and and my last four shirts that I just ironed are drying on it. Okay. So I, I think I think the message we're saying I, I understand the trite phrase, the church is not a building. I get that. It's not, but it is a sanctuary. Okay. God commanded the Israelite people, build me a tabernacle. God commanded the Israelite people, build me a temple. The omnipresent, omniscient God said, understood the finiteness of humanity, that we needed places to go, that the amount of people, the the amount of us who would just go out into the woods to talk to God, like Mother Abigail on the stand, is not going to happen, okay? That we need the pomp and circumstance. We, We need, we need it. And now I'm sounding awfully Catholic here. Okay, but we we Which do. Is why I was going to sell actually. Okay, all right, but but we we need we need it. We we need to feel as if 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 it's just as easy that I can just roll out of bed and watch this after I watch Oprah online. Then is it really any bigger or any different than that? Okay, and I think that the longer this goes on, the more you'll see these online viewing numbers go down. The more that it seems casual, like everything else that goes on in society, the less special it will be, right? And I think um, I, I, I think we're, we've sent people the message that this is non-essential, it's not special, that there really was no reason to get up and do this. No reason to go in there and to these synagogues and churches and you don't have to do that, except God kind of said you did. Build me a temp- tabernacle. Build me a temple. You know what? Uh, hold up these living stones as memoriams 
as memorials to the great acts I've done here. Where are these tassels? I mean, that's, that's part of the spiritual experience. We need reminders uh, that, we're not, that, that there's something beyond the finite. And one of the chief reminders is the effort it takes to get up and go someplace to be reminded of it. And we are taking that away. So I will buy. Man, that's, that is good stuff. And like I said, why I was going uh, uh, to sell though, at least from the perspective of a, a Catholic tribe. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, loosely described as the smells and the bells. You know, it's, we, we, we are, we, the Catholic church is incarnate that way because we are incarnate. You look at the grand creation that are the angels yet we are the centerpiece of God's creation because we are incarnate. And so at least speaking for my tribe, I, I don't know if there's going to be some grand awakening, but I don't think numbers are going to go down. Aaron Reali says, given all the Denethorian panic we're seeing in 2020, it's safe to assume that the vast majority of healthy people in today's day and age wouldn't even last a few years if they were transported back in time to the 1700s. He says life was harder and disease more plentiful. Bye. Oh, bye. Yeah, bye. How about how about how about um, the 1970s? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we beat the kids up that wore bike helmets. I mean, you wore a bike helmet. It was like you literally might have just said, "Hey, do you mind kicking my ass after school today?" You know, I mean, mom and dad put you in their lap while driving their car because those big American cars didn't have two seaters, like like a pew. Right. Mom and dad put you in the lap of driving that American boat car while smoking a cigarette. Okay. Without a seatbelt. So, I mean, I hate to sound like a Brad Stein routine. All right. But I mean, 1700s, how about the 1970s? You know, I mean, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are, that is the, in my mind, the greatest lesson we are learning right now. Just how weak and fragile we are. My wife and I forget Brad Stein. We were just watching a Jerry Seinfeld uh, a special a couple nights ago, and you know I, he's not some sort of Marlboro Man tough guy, but he was talking about the, growing up in the seventy. You, you know, you, you just opened the door. He was, and he lived in New York. You just left the house. You never came back. I know. I Your know. parents are like, oh, whatever. That's life. And yeah. if you don't think that impacts you versus the helicopter parenting we've had on all sides of the political spectrum now for quite some time you're crazy i mean the idea we didn't have like no bullying signs i mean the the expectation was you would fight back and then you, they would allow you to do so and then if anybody was gonna get seriously hurt they just they'd break it up you know and that's part of being boys that's the that's the masculine experience now we boys go to therapy to, get yeah. medicated yeah so i i just I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Like my wife, what's that show that my wife loves that show because she loved the books where the woman goes back and forth in time. And I can't remember what it's called. Um, and she finds, she actually lives in the 1940s and her husband is big into ancient history and they get back from World War II and they go on a vacation together and find some kind of portal that lets her go back to Ireland and Scotland, you know, and like the... F 16th century and stuff like that. I don't know what it's called, but my wife loves that show. And 
you know, over her shoulder, I've watched a couple of episodes in the other room while I'm working and she's watching it or something. And they, they strive to be as realistic as possible, but just the way that they were dealing with, you know, maladies and stuff like that. I, I mean, guys, that's like an alternative dimension. Yeah. Okay. And so would, and so would for a lot of us life pre 1989, 90, you know, like, like, you and I are of the age group when our, when we were little, we could go outside and no one dinner was, but then when, who was the kid, um, Adam, um, yeah, here in Iowa. No, well, there's that kid. You're thinking of Johnny gosh, Johnny yeah. gosh, but then there was the Adam oh, kid right, down right. in Florida, Adam Walsh, yeah. uh, who, you know, was kidnapped and murdered at the mall in Hollywood, Florida. And then they send John Walsh, like the kid, like his yeah, kid's head so. and it was just vile. And so we started having a spate of, of child kidnappings that seemed to kind of, I don't know what, how your parents reacted. My mom way really reacted. So when I was little in the seventies, go out all day long, you know what time dinner was at when that stuff started to hit, then we had lockdown and it wasn't until I got into middle school and you know, where you had bikes and friends where we mom again was kind of like, all right, Hey, dinner's at six o'clock. As long as your homework's done, you know, have a, have a nice Saturday, basically, you know, that's just a foreign concept to. So I, I think anything post 1989, 90, you know, the information age, cell phones start coming in, you know, um, laptop computers and stuff like that. I, I think we wouldn't recognize a lot of what life was like. Satellite TV, what life was like in America for the next, for the previous few decades until about that time yep. period. Uh, Chuck Gregory says the return of football, college and NFL will not be delayed, excluding offseason and preseason activities and will have an increase in television viewership. I, I'm going to buy on that. And my opinion on that is actually analytical because I think that if to me for that to go away, given financially what it means to the, to the other economies of scale that rely on it, like if college football goes away, probably every single scholarship in America goes away except for men's college basketball. Uh, and that would assume that you could then have a men's college basketball season. So to me, I, I think for that stuff to go away means we are dealing with an, an all-time excess. Because they guys, they still played college football games in, in 1917, 18, and 19 during the Spanish flu epidemic. Did you know that? I mean, there's a reason why you'll see what Wisconsin's record was in 1918 and Michigan's and Iowa's. Okay, so they still, now they were reduced, okay, but even with the limited medical technology they had and the limited travel, instant travel capabilities compared to what we have, they still had college football seasons those years. Um, so to me, I think that if those don't happen, it means we are, um, look for Randall Flagg. Because what those mean financially and the amount of economies that rely on those, they're going to wait because you're seeing that posturing with the NFL right now, holding the draft schedules coming out full 16 games or even adding playoff games. So what the NFL is going to do is posture 100% like this is going to be a season until at the very last minute, if it doesn't have to, and then it will just shut everything down. And if it comes to that, well, at that point, make sure you're just right with, well, first of all, make sure you're right with your maker anyway, but really make sure then. I think then you're talking about a beyond Spanish flu kind of an issue. Like I think they will find a way to make those happen if we're in any gray area. If we're but if so to me, I think we're in a red hot zone or we have football. I don't think it will be somewhere in between. I'm going to 
sell because of something I heard yesterday. I'm not sure what I would have said otherwise, but uh, Urban Meyer was on uh, the radio. And it's just based on the dumb things we believe. He said he thinks it's going to get delayed because he was talking to a strength guy. And his strength guy says, no, to be ready for a football season, you need eight weeks for the football players to get there, to get in shape, to learn the offense. And they believe such ridiculously rigid things that they're already parenting. Uh, 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 parroting and i don't think they can let them go these are if you really wanted to have a football and return these are healthy fit 18 to 22 year old young men who would go out there with a week's notice let's let's put together the dirt and bottle caps old school of course we're not in the best shape of our lives but we're still in great shape let's play football you could do that but they're already guys like Urban Meyer, the gurus of football. I tell well, we we need eight weeks. Now, I think it's I can, just dumb. I think I can counter that. Actually, I, I think the coaches are trying to get understand that if if they go out there with teams, they're they're looking for any excuse to hold on to their jobs. And I think that's and and they and they and they want some kind of certainty of preparation because there were several schools that were already way way into the middle of spring practice before all of this got called off. And then they're at a disadvantage. So I think this is the coaches, a lot of it is posturing to say, hey, we need some kind of guidelines because right now you're not letting us do anything. And yet I'm going to get fired this season if we have a bad year, even in the midst of that. That's a possible counter to that, too. I don't, but you could be right. Yeah. Again, I think everything's on the table. Almost everything. Daniel Horowitz on deck. Stay tuned. Still on brand, given what is happening in the country as we speak. It is our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz here from Conservative Review and The Blaze. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Well, Steve, let me just uh, measure here because I'm hearing there's some models and projections from the epidemiologist that say it could actually transmit itself into the camera through Skype. So I just got to, you know, maintain my distance, but I think we're good to go. Good, good. Um, Let's start there. I, I want I want to ask you some of the questions that I asked here to the audience at the top of the show. Uh, with the president now going all in and essentially abrogating his, his 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 throne that he was duly elected to to Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci's president of the United States right now. Mm. Can can here's the here so if so if I were at a White House press briefing and 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 to me the picture of of after Trump gets done literally indulging in all the panic porn that CNN has been peddling for a month. And the very first question is Jim Acosta saying, why are asking, why are you giving people false hope when he's literally now just quoting their own? He's literally that press conference was like a a, a CNN lower third was the press conference they did yesterday. It was just, which was like just Trump reading the words. Okay. And then the first question he gets asked by a CNN guy is, you know, why are you still peddling false hope? (laughs) Can you but let's but let's address the real president, Anthony Fauci. Do you know why? This is the question I would ask. Dr. Fauci, do you consider Carnegie Mellon, one of the leading research institutions in the world, founded by Dale Carnegie himself? Do 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 you consider that to be a podunk juco? What about Oxford? Which has been one of the leading institutions of academia in the history of Western civilization for centuries. How about Stanford? which could very well be the best university in this country, not in the Ivy League, and maybe even better than several of them. 
because they are running models and simulations that are dramatically different than the ones you're reading from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the ones you were reading from Imperial College a couple of weeks ago. Is, is there a reason why they're not even cons under consideration? Or maybe they are, and you've debunked them. Can you share with us how you have? Could we have an event at the White House, maybe? I, I wouldn't presume to be able to question the experts, sir. But but we have experts now questioning experts. Could, could we put them in a room together with a camera and let the country watch while people at Oxford question Imperial College and why people at Carnegie Mellon and Stanford question um, the, the folks at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and, and vice versa? Maybe the doomsday uh, scenarios are correct, but, how, but why are, are the alternative scenarios that are coming from places of pretty high academic repute, why are they, are they seemingly not even being considered? Steve, it's very simple. Because if they would be considered, they wouldn't be able to enjoy the once-in-a-lifetime policy outcomes and amalgamation of evil, evil, evil implementation of state and local ordinances that they've always wanted. You would be able to get them, Steve. See, here's the thing. You and I, maybe sometimes we can get intimidated by Ivy League type of, type of academics. I'm not a very educated guy. I, you know, Naturally, I want to believe what these people say. But – you know, I start calling BS when things defy logic. So why is it that um, mass transit is still running in most capacities, sometimes a little bit reduced, but still running? It's the ultimate breeding ground. I mean, mass transit is to coronavirus what uh, you know sunlight and water are to plants, and it's still running in New York City and New Orleans and Seattle and Chicago – um, among other places, uh, Atlanta, Detroit, that I've checked as of April 1st, and yet you can't travel in your car hmm. to a business that never engenders large crowds. Um, you can't follow CDC guidelines and have a five people praying outside of an abortion clinic 10 feet apart from each other in North Carolina. See, um, we have to quarantine everyone, right? But then we take people out of the ultimate quarantine. I just put this up on Twitter, put out an article. Uh, the Hillsborough County Sheriff in Florida who arrested the pastor. Uh, I, I know you had his counsel on, on the show yesterday. Mm -hmm. to, on the very same day, he released 164 criminals, including those that had burglary, theft, and drugs. And that was just the last iteration of it, of their confinement. They likely had um, you know, much worse things on the rap sheet. Oh, while your shop is forcibly closed and you're under home arrest. See, something doesn't add up here, Steve. Lots of things something don't add up. doesn't add up. And, and that is the bottom line here. See, I don't need a model and a projection to tell me that. Is that science that you need to let out all the criminals? Is it science that there's not a single court case on the most draconian infringements of liberty ever done in the most widespread right, way. Right, where all these left-wing civil liberties groups right now and people like you and I yeah. would align with them. Why are they, They're ominously silent, have you not noticed? But at the, well, they're not silent. They are very active in court suing on behalf of illegal aliens, criminals, and abortion clients. And Planned Parenthood, Those right. three. Yeah. Perfect precision. See, Steve, even a broken clock is right twice, but the outcomes that we have are from Satan. They're evil every single time. I mean, all right, we're all out of work, right? Nope. As we speak, the Trump administration, well, there's there's a co-president, this Fauci, but there's also President Kushner. His dudes at um at uh, DHS 
are conducting an H-1B visa lottery to bring in 85,000 foreign workers, mainly from India, but also including China. I mean, Orwell could not have written a script. I don't know science. I don't know medicine. But I know what's in front of my eyes. I know common sense. And you look at the amalgamation of what they are doing and what they're not doing. You look at their utter alacrity to implement this stuff. You would think it's like, look, this is very painful. There's a lot of problems. It's not even just mental health. It's other medical services now are being shut down. Very, very vital. Um, we need to at some point achieve some balance. Let's be cautious, but let's try to study this. Let's try to aim for this. Let's work together. We understand this. No, no, no. They're like, shut up. Sit down. You can't. I mean, they're practically censoring people. That's the only thing left for them to shut down you and I mm -hmm. and just say you're a threat to public health. That's the only clause of the Bill of Rights that is still somewhat left standing here. Steve, something doesn't add up. I think people are getting too involved in models and, and, and science, and they're not looking at what they're actually doing, and it makes no sense. Well, here's what also doesn't make any sense to me. That the most prosperous nation on earth, which means best sanitation, right? Best access to uh, a, a safe water supply, food supply, etc. All the accoutrements that go along with that. The most technologically advanced civilization on earth at the exact same time. Dr. Fauci stood up there yesterday and said we could end up killing even with all of these, with, with all of these infringements on our freedom. We could still end up killing six times the amount of people that have died total in the entire world right now how is that even possible explain that i don't that makes no sense to me that just so, doesn't make any sense so steve it, it does because it's the perfect false negative i mean you can't disprove a negative so they got their bases covered no matter what it would always be worse if you're not doing what they're doing mm -hmm. but they, but then they, they can't get caught having a really bad doing what they're doing. So they say, well, no, I mean, it's always going to be bad, but it's for sure going to be worse this way. It's a perfect system. And here's the thing. This is a very long discussion. I know a lot of us have been passing around different um, analysis. Can I add on one it. more thing to that before you go on? Let's say here's because here's here's something else they could do. Let's say we get to 75, 80,000 deaths. OK, here's what they could also do. They could finally agree with a premise that you and I have been operating under that this thing's been here for many months, we misdiagnosed it yep. as, as acute upper respiratory virus or pneumonia. And then they just go back and retcon all those numbers and say, you know what? <sighs> this thing was here all these months and ended up killing 240,000 people when you backlog this to January and add all these other now properly, now that we've got a real testing mechanism and a properly diagnosed malady, now that we, now we can say that our numbers were right on target. They could just do that as well, right? Steve, what is truly appalling is that there is a linear relationship between those who opposed shutting off travel from China when it mattered. That is the one thing you could have stuffed in the hole ver versus the people that now are lockdown shaming, quarantine fascist sh shaming, and saying they care about lives. But the reality is it's too doggone late. Here is the 30,000-foot view of looking at all the countries in the world. Lots of observations. But real quick, the basic common denominator is the Asian countries had a better result. And I'm not including China, which lies, but mm -hmm. Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, they got on it early because they knew China lies. 
they were they 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 heard the pleas of the Chinese doctors who wound up disappearing by the you know at the hands of the puppet masters of the American media, and they understand exactly what's at stake in China, and they got on it. They did um, they were doing tracing early. They were doing testing early. They were they are being very tough in some ways. They wouldn't allow you in a building. They'd have people out there uh, checking your your temperature, but they're all walking around with masks, gloves, continuing the economy, at least to some degree. It was the right balance. It worked. Then you turn to Europe, and again, you see they did lockdown, and it didn't work. Lombardy started lockdown already in February 22nd, and yet, as of yesterday, they had accounted for one-fifth of the global deaths. Wow. And they had lockdown since February 22nd. You can take that to the bank. But they'll always say, hey, it could have been worse. And then, on the other hand, to be fair, Germany did do lockdown, but they had a much better result, more in line with the Asian countries. But here's the deal. The evidence seems to suggest that they were on this, again, very early very early. That's the reality. Once you catch this late and it's ubiquitous in your population, it's not quarantine anymore because there's nothing to quarantine. Mm -hmm. You're just locking everyone up who has it and has been exposed to it with people who haven't been. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do with that. That's the Japanese. The Japanese data says family dwellings actually an indoor and indoor lockups with, with, with retirees was like an 18 times larger spread because they're just in there breathing climate controlled, recycled air and touching all the same surfaces yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, and what ultimately boils, what it boils down to here is obviously at a governmental level, there's a lot of insidious things going on, as we could tell by the hypocritical outcomes. But I think among a lot of people, at some point, it's a lack of faith in God. And I, and I really mean yeah, that. Yeah. There's got to be a point in time where you recognize certain things are just out of your control. Right, right. Right. I, you know, Steve, from day one, I did not subscribe to the view that this is just the flu. I said it is some degree worse. And there was a good study that came out on Monday that it's, you know, no one knows what the asymptomatic and what the denominator is and therefore what the fatality rate is. But their best estimate was 0.66, which is still almost seven times worse than the flu, mm -hmm. much less than what the doomsday is saying. But if millions of people get it, that's a lot of dead people. This is a plague from God. It is coming from God. We could have done something at a certain point. These very people chose not to do anything at this juncture. Could it very well be, because this is the observation we seem to be thinking, whether it's six, seven, eight, nine weeks or so of the peak of this, of the ferocity of this, it seems that no matter what you do, once it reaches that point, it will run its course and it will take the toll it takes. Now, obviously, you can't have mass gatherings like on mass transit, which is still functioning, but the value add between doing severe social distancing versus saying you can't go out of your home in a car as an individual to take a pleasure ride or to go to a wide open park and go hiking or to have a business where you're you're not taking people, you're not receiving people or to shut down doctor's offices that aren't treating coronavirus and thereby killing many more people. There is no evidence of value add. But people are dying. People are dying. I got. I got to do. I got to do. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. It, it's your fault because I saw you. You know, not measuring up in the street. You were a little bit too too close. You know, at some point, that's a load of crap. At some point, you got to put your trust in God. At some point, it's out of our control. It is bad. It's very bad. But there is no evidence based on the experience of 50 countries now. 
that there is any value add to what they're doing. But Steve, if we don't do anything by the time you and I meet this time next week, all you need to do is look at Panama and some of these other tyrannical countries. There's a lot more room to grow. You know, even for essential services, men and women have to alternate days that you could even step out of your house. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are for women. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday are for men. And Sunday is off limits completely. Is that where we're headed? Good to hear from you, my friend. As always, thanks for joining us here today on Blaze TV. God bless. Stay Same safe. to you. Same to you. Gentlemen, thoughts? Uh, I don't even know. That, that was not an interview with Daniel Horowitz. I just teed him up and, and then just went off. So your thoughts? But Daniel's right on on so many levels, uh, but too, too very uh, smugly and the smugness was appropriate there to point out the things that are still open, like mass transit and things like that, while many conservative uh, slash Christian blue checks are saying, absolutely, shut the churches. It's a danger zone. It would be one thing if everything had been shut down and this place that's constitutionally protected then was put to bed. But a lot of people are putting that to bed before all manner of other things. And that is why Daniel's right to say, oh, this could really get bad uh, in ways that we cannot imagine yet because no one will stand. People are falling for a preposterous lie that ground zero of danger is in a church when that is a far more homogeneous setting than a subway or a bus or a grocery store, people are drinking these lies deeply. We are under a deep hypnosis. I I have been... Was not expecting three months in to my marriage to, to have to have some of the conversations that Bella and I have have had and when it's just a just a matter of something that's going on that affects us personally whether it's coming from us or just affects us in an, in an isolated way i can i can give all all sorts of encouragement and and hope because um she believes in me and she can as well because she believes in me i and i believe in her um and the amount of potential that God's given each one of us when it's when it's happening external at the scale that it is I, I wish I could say something that's encouraging to end the show you know from from a worldly or not from a worldly perspective but you know if, if there's any recourse outside of uh, hug your family and love your God um, I, I, I wish I could find it, but I can't, I really can't. And I hate, I hate saying that, but that's really all that we're at right now. Love your God, hug your family. We're going to stick around and do some bonus buy seller hold for blaze TV subscribers in the overtime. Uh, please stick around for that. Blaze TV.com promo code Steve to get $30 off your annual subscription. Now until tomorrow, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.